Bill Kipper and Boren goes national on Sportsnet and Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver and 960 in Calgary. Nick Kiprios, Justin Boren, Sammy McKee. And always remember this hour, Real Kipper and Born, brought to you by Bet365. I just went over there and looked at your lineup. That is a, it's wild. I'm a professional I, it's host. It's a beautiful mind. It's I, that whole, like, there's a lot going, going on. on there? Listen, it was never my idea to host this show, ever. Okay? I don't know how I got buffaloed into this. It's like, listen, oh whatever works, man, you're doing great. It's like some Blair Witch draw. <laughs> some Blair Witch hey, draw. I'm ready. I can pass this torch as quick as can be. I don't want it. Man. No way. Uh, no. Whole, my, no. Keep clean. the torch. I'm clean. All right. Listen, as bad as I think sometimes it gets for me hosting this show, I don't think it's as bad as uh, the Edmonton Oilers fans are feeling right now. There seems to be some trouble in Oil County, so we're going to bring in Craig McTavish, former NHLer, head coach, general manager. He's done it all in the National Hockey League, and uh, including winning a Stanley Cup. Fortunate enough to have him beside me. Pretty cool. All right. Mac, how are you, pal? Good, Kipper. Justin, good to uh, join you guys. Appreciate uh, it. All right. Uh, so I take it um, maybe from the, the sunshine I see coming through the window, you're, you're not in Alberta right now. Is that a good thing? You always were very observant, Kipper. <laughs> yeah. Southern California, the beautiful Vista Valley Golf and Country Club. Ooh. Hey, Craig. As good a, to talk to you guys. As, as a player or behind the bench, You've had a few slow starts in, in your day. Um, you know, even even the years that you were supposed to compete for a Stanley Cup, it, it's is it way too early for, for Oiler fans to be somewhat in a panic mode here? I think so. I think this is a 100-plus point team all day long. And, uh, you know, from my perspective, it's it's kind of a laughable overreaction. Uh, in Edmonton, but I mean that's the environment uh, that that is is the Edmonton Oilers uh, currently. I mean, it, uh, and a lot of it, in my opinion, is brought about by the media. Now, if I criticize the media, I can do that now because I'm a member of the media, so-called member of the media. And uh, you know, in Edmonton, there there is a real tendency from the longstanding media to attach to the most negative perspective in a situation. And, uh, you know, I think that's part of it here. I think this team is, you know, it's way too early to panic. It's uh, this team has proven over the last couple of years that they're worthy and deserving of our support uh, as Ed- Edmonton Oilers fans. And I'm sure our main fan base feels the same way. But it, it just it, it bothers me that the players continually have to answer these questions when things inevitably during the course of the season go wrong. I mean, it's unfortunate that it's the start of the year here uh, for Edmonton Oilers fans with all the uh, hype going into the season. I still think all that hype's well-founded. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult for me to see the pressure a lot of these players are under. And, uh, you know, playing in New York with you, I mean, y- you have some uh, solace and some anonymity there. But in Edmonton, you just don't. 
And I think it's a different, uh, people describe it at times as a fishbowl, and that can be good and bad. Uh, but uh, it's, it's, it's troubling for me to see the players, especially the star players, have to continually answer these questions. Yeah, and it is crazy. You know, even great teams over the course of a season will have five game segments where they go one, three, and one. Hardly feels like a crisis. But for these leaders in Edmonton, whether it be the players or coaches, what would you want to see at this point? Is it McDavid and Dreisaitl who have to stand up in the dressing room or a coach who has to do something? Or is it just simply play enough hockey to get back to right when you believe you're good? Like, what are the next steps internally for a team in getting things back on track? I, I think it's just continuity of messaging. Mm-hmm. And that comes from the top all the way through. Uh, we're fortunate enough to be managed by Kenny Holland, who has an incredible amount of experience and is not his first rodeo going through this. And now we have uh, Jeff Jackson, who's a super competent hockey guy. Uh, and he's going to come in and lend a, a great perspective. What is leadership really? Leadership is being able to provide the best perspective in uh, times of turmoil. And uh, I'm confident in the Oilers' management and their leadership and Keith Gretzky and and, uh, Bill Scott, that these guys will have a consistent message that flows down to the coaching staff, that gives the coaching staff the confidence to eliminate a lot of the white noise and the outside noise that's created uh, all too often by the Edmonton media. And uh, they can have a consistent calm messaging uh, to the players to get them to relax. Now we've had a lot of players that are off to pretty uh, mediocre starts or poor starts, but I mean, there's a lot of injuries, uh, you know, Matthias Ekholm's coming off a long-term injury. Connor Brown, who you guys have seen a lot in Toronto. This guy's a good hockey player, but he's missed a year. It's going to take time. Uh, um, Kane, too, as well, is coming off an injury. And sometimes early on in the season, and it's happened to me before as a player, is you forget how difficult it is to have success and how hard you have to work to have not only individual success, but team success. And uh, I've always said that the productivity is all in the last 5% of effort. And uh, sometimes you have to struggle, and there's no greater motivator uh, for, for development and improvement than, uh, than adversity and struggles. So I think, uh, I mean, th- this is good hockey team there's no question about that and it's an overreaction in my mind we're talking to craig mctavish former nhler head coach general manager stanley cup champion you know we we talked you talked a little bit about uh uh you know the pressure maybe a, a mcdavid is feeling uh you know if you've been under a rock uh he did not finish the game saturday night uh, late in the third or playing in a overtime the feeling is he's got some muscular uh, issues maybe uh pulling something Mac, I'm just wondering now, you know, when, when, when you, the, the sense I've gotten from the moment the Oilers were eliminated last season, that this guy really went to next level stuff to put, at times, for me personally, like the weight of the world on his shoulders to come through for this team. And I'm just wondering if there's any comparison at all to the pressures that 
Wayne Gretzky or Messier or other star players have felt? Is it exactly the same? Does it feel different? Does it even feel more for Connor than even some of the stars that we were accustomed to being around? Well, the iconic players, as you know, they always find a way to win. And uh, I have no doubt that Connor McDavid's name is going to be on that Stanley Cup multiple times over the course of his career. Uh, but when you bring up the pressure and the individual pressure, I, I could correlate it uh, to our experience in New York with Mark. I mean, Mark had a lot of pressure to bring a Stanley Cup to New York. Connor's got some internal pressure and some external pressure as well. He's driven internally, Connor, for sure. Uh, he's, got, he's a very serious athlete. He wants to win. He's extremely driven. And, uh, I mean, just the way that he played to start the season more physically and really, you know, the evolution of his leadership and how he impacts the rest of the group visually from uh, doing things outside his uh, normal skill set, taking the body, getting, getting in altercations with the opposition, showing a real seriousness. So, I think, uh, you know, being driven like that is, is healthy for Connor. Uh, I, I, I mean, he hates to talk about himself. I love when the uh, journalists ask him and prod him to try and speak positively and glowingly about himself. He just, I mean, he'd rather fight the journalists than, <laughs> uh, than answer the question. Uh, but, I mean, this guy is really developing into an unbelievable leader and yeah, it's going to hurt having him out, but there could be some long-term residual benefit uh, from other players sharing uh, in the short term some of those responsibilities. I mean, productivity is the byproduct of talent and opportunity, and uh, you have to have both of those things to produce. And uh, these guys on the Edmonton Oilers are so productive that it's hard for the coaching staff or any sane guy to get away from calling their numbers out on the bench. But at the same time, it reduces the number of opportunities for the guys that you're looking for depth scoring. So it's a little bit of a catch-22 situation. But I think long-term, we'll see Nugent Hopkins uh, stepping up. Last time when Connor went down, Leon Dreisaitl really carried the team. He's got that capability. He's a former MVP of the league and uh, led the league in scoring that year. So there's, I mean, I, they may not win in Minnesota, but this team's going to get on a roll and you're seldom as bad as you are during the weakest parts of your season or as good as you are during your best parts. And we just have to support this team uh, internally and uh, from a fan base too, because they're deserved of it you know their goaltenders numbers are not pretty in large part to a rough couple of games the past three have not been as bad but right now you know it's kind of unclear about what's going to happen with their two goaltenders this season how would you handle these two guys jack campbell with the longer you know the long contract and Stu skinner um you know both guys seem to have a lot of potential but neither one's really taken the reins so far this season well you have to let them decide that for the coaching staff and the organization. I think you're right. It's up in the air right now. I mean, the default number one guy for me is Skinner based on how he played last year. 
Uh, Campbell went through the preseason, played very well. He's had some good games so far this year. The first one, I mean, it was just an epic failure uh, against Vancouver from a lot of fronts. So you can't uh, you can't really blame Campbell there. Uh, then he bounced back with a fantastic game in Nashville. Uh, but I mean, it's clear that uh, neither one of these guys has 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 failed, nor have they stepped up and assumed uh, the number one de facto starting role. Hey, Craig, Saturday, Evander Kane uh, expressed his frustration, I think, with his ice time. I think he ended up having the least amount of ice time since being an Edmonton Oiler, uh, and he ended up in a fight uh, with uh, uh, Dylan. And I think on Hockey Night in Canada, he mentioned, hey, listen, if uh, if I'm not going to play much, I might as well fight. And a lot of people took that as a... as maybe a message or a, a shot at uh, his head coach, Jay Woodcroft. How did you interpret that whole scenario? Oh, just complete white noise. As a coach, I mean, players, they want to play. You want players that want to be out there. He wants to contribute. Um, as a coach, are you going to keep everybody happy? Absolutely not. Uh, um He's, he's had a slower start. I mean, I still believe in the player. I love the fact he went out there and got in the fight. I mean, that's, that's, that's one of the things I like a lot about Evander Kane is the physical presence that he brings. And I mean, there's less intimidation in the game, as you know, uh, for sure, than there was when, uh, when we played. But uh, at the same time, toughness and physical play is is important and you look at vegas and the size and the way that they competed last year to win the cup and and beat the oilers i mean you need players like evander kane and uh i mean he's got a lot of uh scrutiny on him right now he was frustrated but i think he channeled the frustration the right way and uh in listening to jay's comments i mean he wasn't falling into and the media they get in there and they try and create a wedge between the player and uh, and the coach as best they can uh, to further disrupt what's going on now. And I just thought it was it was uh, handled very well and very appropriately by uh, by Evander and uh, uh, by Jay. So Mac, as a team, you can only handle you know what's within your own control. I want to get your thoughts on the Pacific Division and the West in general. You know what is happening around Edmonton. Obviously, Vegas is good, but Canucks off to a good start. Flames seem better. Um, you know, there's, there's the Kings are there. What are your thoughts on this specific division becoming, I think, one of the better divisions? Well, there's a lot of depth there now. I mean, as you mentioned, Vancouver's off to a great start. Um, they've got a lot of talent. They've got they're energized, and the problem with, you know, there are no real easy games early on in the season, and. Uh, because the bad teams don't know that they're bad yet. And there's enthusiasm coming through so uh, tra- <laughs> training camp. Uh, but over the, over the course of uh, 15 or 20 games, trends start to become realities. And uh, the weaker teams start to understand that they're weaker and they lose their belief and their com- compete goes down. You look like you look at a team like Philadelphia. The Oilers played a couple games ago. Uh, I mean, they're playing hard. I saw them play against Vancouver the night before they played Edmonton, and 
that team was playing really hard. And I, I thought Edmonton might have a difficult time going into Philadelphia, but I mean, until you get 15 or 20 games into the season, there, there aren't any weak games on the schedule. Hey, Mac, uh, terrific stuff, man. Really appreciate your time, and we're going to have to do this again real soon. Thanks for doing this. Pleasure, you guys. Thanks, Kipper. Thanks, Mac. Enjoy right. the golf. Yes, Craig McTavish. Real Just golfing good, in San Diego. Real good hockey mind, though, eh? Yes, he has been. He, uh, talk about a life in hockey. Yeah. I, the first hockey game I ever went to was in Florida. I went to a Tampa Bay Lightning game, and I don't know who Craig would have been playing for at that time. Maybe the Flyers. I was a kid. And I remember just being blown away that he wasn't wearing a helmet. <laughs> I was like, why? I remember like asking my dad over and over, but I'm like, but why is he allowed to not? And everybody else? And he was like, he wasn't wearing a helmet. You know it was like early 90s. Thing? My dad, one year in like 86, one year of his career, was wear- like, ah, I'm not going to do a helmet this year. <laughs> oh, just my- a random year in the middle of his 14-year career. Not wearing it. Like, yeah. not wearing it a helmet is the dad, most Clark. insane thing ever. Yeah. Like, looking back on that, how was that allowed? I'm a junior wearing an eye tech down to my chin. One thing I agreed with him is that I think, I think it, I don't think it's going to be as bad as some people think if, if Connor's out for two weeks. For, Maybe for some other guys look around and go, it has hey, to be that it has way. to come from us. Right? It has to be where yeah, it I has to be interesting a, a feel that he's not here. We don't just resort to Connor getting it done or finding a way to score a magical goal. We're going to have to do this by committee. We're going to have to, the attention to detail has to go way up. And like the Leafs of the Riley last year when they just get smoking hot. There is a tendency to lose. <laughs> Mac Hollowell really, playing in your. <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah. There's a tendency to lose really important people and then change your outlook on, and your yeah. approach that can actually have a positive effect on your team. Mm-hmm. And I think the Oilers might be in that, that situation. Did you but want to hear the Kane clip? I do, yes. Yeah, let's go I've to the Kane clip. I've heard about it. I haven't actually heard it. Nope. Sorry, Derek. Yeah, I didn't uh, didn't play much in the reverse period, so I thought uh, might as well get into a fight and uh, take seven or eight minutes in the box. Okay. Uh, okay. For, like for the, the record, part. that was my philosophy my whole career. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Like, I get it. I get it. Uh, well, and that's fine The logic. only thing is, is I've never said that on right. you know, National TV television. Didn't or play to much a reporter. in the first period, so I thought I'd fight and just sitting there for seven or eight minutes. Especially more than ever where fighting isn't as yeah. obvious as when I played that you have to have more of a reason to do it. Right. But I didn't. I mean, it was a spirited fight. Dylan's a tough guy. He is. Those guys and, taking off their buckets. Right? I was like, oh, God, please don't been, fall wrong. Sh- sh- should have uh, getting old. I am. Soft. Oh, yeah. Should have been a, an emotional uh, situation for the Oilers yeah. to draw from it. At the end of the day, did he call out his coach? Yeah, there's probably a message there. But but maybe not you know, but, consciously. Like, maybe he's just like, maybe that's the what's but, going on in his head. But, like, uh, Craig, Craig's been a head coach, right, for a very not long time. A player says, I want to play more. Okay, that's a surprise to you, even if it is publicly. I don't think he embarrassed Jay. I, you know, well, but he didn't not put the spotlight on Jay, which in itself is uh, being – you're in his face a little bit about it, whatever the direct word for that is. Not yeah. In, in a aggressive. team that's desperate for secondary guys and you're getting paid a lot of money to be sort of a support guy to the big boys there – 
He's got, no, he's got one assist in five yeah, games. He's five minus games, six. no goals, one, one assist, minus six. Connor yeah. Brown, five games, zeros across the board, minus four. You know, a guy like Evan Bouchard, yeah. minus five. I got to watch that game against the Jets know, on Saturday night. Saturday, yeah, the high and low end of plus minus. Matters. Matters. You don't want to be minus 33. Yeah, or the Masters. Plus, yeah. You don't want to win the Masters. No. Be the lowest. But no, I just... They're, I don't know, something about them seems off. Maybe it was Ekholm's not at full strength yet or their goaltending, but they just didn't, I don't know, seem like the same Oilers as last year. And and I'm concerned about Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid? Yeah. That he's got like a Like it's worse than you think it is? I I don't know if it's worse or not, but I just think that if he got hit, he twisted his knee, that's one thing. This is an injury that just kind of popped up. Popped up. Yeah. Right? Non-contact. Non-contact. And this is a guy that has put the weight of the world on his shoulder to deliver Edmonton Oilers, Stanley Cup. Jesus. (laughs) The Stanley Cup. And he has been Mach 3 from June. He doesn't stop. Well, doesn't stop. Of 2016. Yeah. Well, since he's an eerie. And, you know... He trains here in the area, mm-hmm. and you hear you hear how hard he's training. You hear how serious he is. This guy will be shooting pucks in his garage. Like, it, it, he goes. He goes, he goes, he goes. And he's like a, a guitar string that's incredibly tight. I mean, these things. Wow, Kip. Oh, I'm telling you. What do you, what do you mean? What are you I'm telling, telling you. That, that he's driven too hard and he's maybe gonna yeah pop? maybe maybe he needs he maybe. needs that Phil Kesselhoff season maybe I'm not I'm not telling him to order like you know twelve hot dogs <laughs> but I just think he's yeah. mentally yeah. and physically yeah. he's wound up hmm I get and what did he do oblique yeah oh. he, right? there people were the Zapruders of him going to the bench they're lip reading and they said maybe that he he said he tore something. And he's like grabbing this guy's like a fine-tuned Ferrari man, and you know what happens bolt's when just a go bolt and the wheels or something are gonna just... goes out, no. right? All right, listen. You no, may, it's just no, it's just I me don't talking. Think it's an unre- just, I know I it was a talk say, radio show. It's just I just think that this guy wants it so badly yeah. that he just it's it's hard to be that fine-tuned. Yeah. For. That's that yeah. long stretch. The body needs recovering. It needs to relax a little bit. I th- yeah, and you know what? They may just say to him, "All right, you're ready. Medical. He's ready. Okay, two extra weeks." You know, like they may Listen, just want to protect if, him. Like, don't even think about the outdoor game. Oh, don't even think boy. next week. All right, that I he's he's in, in that it. outdoor game. It's 28th. Is that right? Five days. When from is now? it? I'm looking at it right now. It's. I think it's the 28th. I. Didn't even occur to me. I bet you he plays. Okay, I'm telling you right now. I'm calling out the Edmonton Oilers and the National Hockey Sorry, League. Sorry, it's 29th Sunday. If, if, oh, if, if bonus you, day. If, if you put pressure on him to play that game. Okay. I bet. I don't think he'd be. You that, just that made the point be, yourself. That, that he doesn't be, need external pressure. That would be one of the most selfish things. You. Oh, this is the face. Buddy. This is the face of the franchise trying to present you, the you, face you, yeah, to a bajillion so, so you want to go out oh, there yeah. next week? All oh, these outdoor and, games are just such a hit to everybody, and, and make it worse. <laughs> the locals, right? Yeah. Whatever's going on, you're going to give it six days, seven days, and you're going to go put him, and you're going to parade him out on 
on ice that you don't know how it's going to be? I bet he warms up then. I bet they got to have him involved. They've sold these tickets with the idea that it's the you know big Canadian matchup here. Who cares? I, I'd rather you. Gi- I, I I, I'd rather you give them their money back than parade him out there if yeah. he's not a hundred percent. I know your point. That's an asset right. for the organization in the NHL at large. So you know, we talked to McTavish there, and he seems like they're a team that he thinks are going to pull out of it. He thinks they're still a good team. I'll ask you to that same question: Are you confident that they're going to pull out of this and being the same old Oilers that they've been the past couple of years? So I'm looking at the roster as we've been doing the show, and like a lot of things have to break right for really good teams. And I don't know what Derek Ryan or Adam Ernie or you know if Connor Brown isn't the guy we thought he is. Yanmark, like they they're a little bit soft down the lineup in terms of depth as well. So yeah, you get a superstar hurt, and I still think Max Wright, hundred point team, yeah. but maybe not a President's Trophy team, which I think a lot of people had foreseen for them. Which is fine. They yeah. need to get in. You heard Coop on our show being point. like, "We just want a ticket." to the dance we don't care if we're the headliner we just want to be there yeah. the oilers yeah and i'm a big connor brown fan i love connor brown i liked him love before he got plays. hurt in washington and he's craig's right power. it's just it may take him some time he is he's the max domi of the oilers right now and a fair point too that you know um that evander kane had missed time last year brown had missed yep. time so you know but ekholm is going to work his give, way back give, like it give these guys some time yes Try not to do the early season overreactions because still so many good players in Edmonton. Yeah, they should be just fine. Um, do you want to do some game time? Yeah, let's go. All right, and let me get my read here. It's game time, presented by Bet Three Six Five. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet Three Six Five. Must be nineteen plus, Ontario only. Please play responsibly. So, I was thinking about the Hart Trophy odds. Because McDavid okay. gets injured. Ooh, yeah. Remember we said that was the. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Because well, no, because I was looking at the the. Because um, what's the trophy called that they, for the most points? Art Ross. Art Ross. It's not posted right now on Bet Three Six Five, so they're probably figuring out what to do with that. But um, smashing Jack Hughes. That he is the second favorite now for the for the heart. Wow. McDavid, for the heart. McDavid is still plus one seventy five for the heart trophy. So they think that he's going to come back and he's still going to be the same old guy and he's just going to dominate and he's that's a heavy favorite. But Jack Hughes has skyrocketed up to, to uh, 550. Matthews at plus 600. And the one that's interesting to me, narrative-wise, because he just mentioned it there with McDavid going out and how Dreisaitl elevates his game, mm. he's up to 12 to 1 now for MVP, which I think may be some decent value. Like, uh, while we're doing narrative... yeah. Can we get Nathan McKinnon a Hart Trophy? This guy's finished second, I think, to one. three separate He's times. He's a fourth favorite, 10 to 1. We had a conversation last week about uh, they Jack haven't lost Hughes either. Uh, and Austin Matthews. Who's better? Oh, boy. Who had that combo? We did. We did. We did? We yeah. did, yeah. We, we, Remember think, when we did the rankings? Yeah. And I brought up that Jack Hughes was, oh. and he's like, I, yeah, 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 he yeah, agreed yeah, with yeah. it. And there, uh, I got a lot of messages saying You're Hughes dummy. is better. No, you did. I did. You got a lot. Oh, you, you have a selective memory. Uh, you missed oh. the <laughs> no, no. After that, people are still so. Lindy has your number. Is what you're saying? Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say. Just saying. Hey, old Tom Fitzgerald is texting it. Can, can Austin win the the heart uh, with 96 goals and zero assists? Oh my god! I uh, might do it. I think that would do it. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. He hasn't scored since the start of the year. So who, I, uh, who else is on? Uh, is there a top five? Yeah, I, I gave them to you there. I'll just quickly bring them back up. But yeah, Kachuk. Kachuk's a little lower down, but Drysaddle rounds up the top five at 12 to 1. Elias Mc- Pettersson, 
Yeah. You like him? What's no. his number? No? No. No I, D. No. No D in there. D just don't exist. Do you see the stuff McCarthy coming out of Vancouver? They're loving Quinn Hughes' start. Quinn Hughes, if, if Vancouver finds a way to make the playoffs. Quinn, Quinn Hughes. and Jack up for the award at the end of the so, year. Wouldn't you love that? Top five is Connor, Jack Hughes, Matthews. Nathan McKinnon and Leon Dreisaitl. Just outside of that is Pasternak, who's tied with Dreisaitl. Then Kachuk, 16 to 1. Kapril Kaprizov, Kucherov, Elias Pettersson. Kale McCarr is the first defenseman at 28 to 1. Kale McCarr, 28 to 1. Yeah. Do not hate that. I mean, I, I don't think it's. Is it a defenseman award? When's the last time the defenseman won? Well, but I think that Pronger? increases the narrative. Like if he, he scores 90 points or something and he's Kale McCarr. I'm trying to think of the last E man that won the, the heart. I can't remember. Oh, quick. Yeah. Talk, talk amongst yourselves. Not much of a D-man award. Well, the talk is, why don't we get to break? Oh, hold on. Okay. I'm just going to quickly bring up the list of Hart Trophy winners. Uh, yeah, it hasn't been a defenseman in a while. Carey Price was a goalie at one in 2015. But, yeah, I think Pronger was the last guy that did it. Wow. So, there you go. Going back. All right. That was Game Time presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds and find out why it's never ordinary at Bet365. Must be 19-plus, Ontario only. Please play responsibly. All right, quick break. Let's take a break. And then we'll come back and we'll, uh, we'll give some, uh, some love, I think, uh, to the Red Wings. Yeah. The Justin and Hall hour? To bring it. <laughs> oh, God. And uh, my beef with the Ottawa Senators a little bit. Ooh, he's got a beef. I got a beef. Mm. Well, we've been agreeing too much today. I'd like to argue with you. And things. Calgary. We've got to talk Calgary Flames. Yeah. And that's tied into the Brinkett in Detroit because they did not fare well. I get it that it's the end of a road trip, Calgary but might stink. really, Calgary might stink, not right? a great effort. I disagree. Let's fight by the the Flames. So that little Boston Bruin talk as well. Got to give them some please love not. at five and zero. Oh. Plenty more still <laughs> on the real. This new version on guys. I'm on the host. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I can't talk over him when he's doing his segment. I want the same courtesy. Uh, I'd like to formally apologize. Thank you. Accepted. More real Kipper and Born after the break. Breaking down the top stories in the NHL every day. The Jeff Mary Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Back on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Just a couple games last night, or... Late afternoon, I don't know. Did you guys see the schedule tomorrow? Is it 3,000 hockey games? Yeah, it's the... Every team in the league. Yeah, it's the, the frenzy thing for ESPN. Yes. Like, to do, oh. like, the red zone thing. Yeah, so yeah. it starts as early as uh, 6, Leafs, Leafs in Washington, yep. and then every 15 minutes. Yeah. That's awesome. Love it. Could use more than Buffalo, Montreal tonight, but I like the idea. Yesterday, yeah. the Detroit Red Wings Playoff baseball maintained tonight. a very hot pace. Like... Okay, I mean, I get it. It's early and all, but kind of impressive watching them. And more impressive is uh, the Brinkett. Yeah. You just three homework, and I just watched that goal. Three <laughs> three goals and an assist uh, did not fare well for for Calgary. And I, you know, between Calgary and Vancouver, I think a lot of Canadians would love to see them in the playoffs. Yeah. They're both. We're at the point with teams. Stanley Cups in Canada. We'll take whatever we can get. Disagree, but no, continue. no, I no. Said it a million times. The only way I want to back in Canada is down Yonge Street. Boys. Okay, <laughs> all right, it. all right. Sorry for the rest of country listening, Easy. but I am who I am. Yeah. Easy. 
But last night there was no indication that uh, uh, Calgary's going to be a team that can push really hard because I, I saw a lot of the inconsistencies that they dealt with last last year. Yeah. It's funny, you know, this is years now of me, like, betting on the Flames team. If if my family has to sell their home because of gambling debts, it's going to be strictly because of the Flames. Like, I think they're good. And I've just been proven wrong again and again. Here's my thing is I always I, – I talk about Seattle as a team that lacks the elite playmaking guys yeah. or difference makers, and I should probably do it for the Flames. Yeah. Huberto is a guy that I had considered one of the best offensive players in the NHL. And talking to you today – I don't know. Where do you think he ranks among the top elite guys? Like, he's yeah. not top five. He's not top 10. Is he top no. 15? Is he top? No, not. Uh, well, I mean, here's his biggest problem is he had a career year in Florida that he'll never get near ever again at, what, 115 points. I mean, it was but a hell of a, a year. 90 point guy then? 25 less points than that? I I think if if he's if he's up around a point a game, I think it's he's okay. He's okay. But for nine and a half. But I'm milk. watching yesterday's game, yeah. and it's three one, and you think they might be in it, and then there's a a bit of an odd man rush. Yep. Is that the one you have on your I got video? It. Yep. Tell me how many strides Hubro has on a back check from center ice to come back and help. Because I didn't. Zero. I didn't see. He glides his feet from center ice until the pucks That's in the net. That's not a joke, by the way. No, it's, no, no. The answer is zero. Um, literally, no strides. Yeah. And my first thought is that it doesn't matter if Daryl Sutter's behind the bench or not. It's going to be a long year again for you if, if that's, that's the effort. What's hard, too, is you're important. Like, you're not – you were brought in – okay, we lost Matthew Kachuk. You're the superstar now. We need you to kind of drive the bus a little bit. Goudreau's gone. You're the guy. And that's – I, I see your point that that's not the guy behavior. All time trade by Bill Zito. To get oh Matthew Kachuk. But like, like you know, Huberto's good, and so is Weger. But yeah, like, but you know what I said? Matthew like, the Kachuk. team knows first. Like, they would have known with Huberto. Yeah. There was frustration the year they lost to Tampa in four straight, yeah. right? And they were like, they didn't feel like they got the juice out of a guy like him. And he's at 10 5, correct? 10 5, or that was 9 5. Can you five? check? Yeah. I think he's at 10 5, which, again, I, I get the sense of urgency coming off of losing 10-5. Jonathan um, Goudreau and then Kachuk. I, I get that. 10-5 until 2031. <laughs> but that's, to me, that was a million and a half overpaid just to reassure. And well, you think you're going to pay a guy who just scored 115 points less than 10 and a half? I don't know. I don't know how many teams would have been prepared to, to pay him over nine million. Oh come on! As a winger, you're talking Nealander had one, ninety one, points one being an eleven year, million. One big year, one big year. You think he overpaid? I think once you trade for him, you have to yeah. sign him. And I just, but not to, at all costs. But not at all costs. That was at all costs. But I do think it's at all costs because if you lose Kachuk and then wow. lose the guy you traded for, yeah. what are you? You're left there holding the bag, I, with your pockets out. Like I think it's. It, I think he'll never live up to that contract, and it's going to be really hard moving forward for him to 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 feel great about his situation in Calgary with that that contract hanging over his head. Do you guys know how old he is? He's I think he's like maybe 29 29? or 30. 30. Yeah. 
So so here, yeah, his stats by year. He had a 90-point year in 2018-19, but then 78, 61, 115, 55. So that 115 is a pretty big blip. All right. 85 so, assists. Yeah, that's, that's a monster. That's a big number. 30 goals and 85 assists. Yeah, it was a monster There's year. There's your 10 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like. A guy has 85 assists. I would consider he couldn't have that. timed it any better. No, no. My God, mashed no. out yeah. by a truck. We talked about Connor McDavid. Probably not seeing him in the outdoor game next week. Rasmus Anderson is fighting hard to get his suspension lowered. Uh, my understanding was that they they uh, they went into a call about an hour ago on the appeal mm-hmm. by the Calgary Flames and Rasmus, but. But I don't like his chances. No. I mean, Forza, what did you think of that suspension? I feel like that's a lot of games. It is a lot of games, but it's a lot of Anderson doing something really stupid. Yeah, it was pretty dumb. Uh, the charge to me, it was it was so obviously like the motive is there. Yeah. You're losing. You're frustrated. A chance to light a guy in a vulnerable spot up. Like there's no chance this thing gets lowered so he can play in an outdoor game. Not a chance. Not what, a snowball what chance. It, what if it was Connor McDavid? <laughs> or is there another player? Like, am just, am I just, a Neanderthal for thinking that's way too much? Just compared to other hits we see, it feels it's kind of a, a lot. Like, I'm just re-watching it because I saw it. I'm re-watching it now. It's a bad hit. It's a bad hit. It's, it's, a, a, bad ga- hit. it's a game or two. Four games. Well, the problem is, is that thought he was uh, Michael people Bunting. are used to one or two games. He must have thought he was. Was he wearing a Leaf sweater? Is that why uh, they gave him four games? They, they, just, they just thought... Uh, Fans think that. that it's a one or two game, but uh, the, you know what it reminded me of? Shifley. On and Jake Evans? Yes. No. I think, no, dude, are you kidding me? destroys a vulnerable Evans. Anderson skating. gave a pretty good shot puck, to Patrick Liney. The puck is it's, on it's, his it's, stick it's different. a moment before. It's, he was standing at the center of the It's a net. different look, but it's a, health, it's a healthy run at a guy, Sammy. Yeah, okay? But, it's a healthy run. But, I get it. It's not. Yeah. It doesn't mirror, but it's still <laughs> situational. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, I, no, I you didn't it. have to. You I, just didn't have to. And I also think that as the league, and you're trying to get you know predatory hits out of the game, you'd rather err on the side of the early ones in the season of saying to the the rest Set of the, the guys, precedent. yeah, we're doing yeah. this, guys. Yeah. So uh, you're right, Kip. I can't see him being like, and okay, he, and it's he was too bad. hurt. Yeah, it's a headshot where guys hurt. Yep. A lot of these are one or two games are headshots, but the guy isn't hurt. Hey, it's a it's a factor. I uh, so I worked that game with Carolyn Cameron, so I watched it very closely. This Patrick Lyonet fellas, he's having a tough time. Yeah, he's having a tough time. He's just beating himself up. He can't well. do anything no. right. He's, there is a a, a, a confidence uh, issue going there too. He's on a two on one, two on one, and he's got the puck in the middle of the ice. He pulls it to his backhand. And then passes it through traffic. You know, instead of just Patrick Liney, you're Rip supposed it. to score. Exactly. Yeah. You got a longest stick and the hardest shot in the He's league. He's got just, a really, really good shot. He is struggling yeah. in Columbus. Uh, I didn't, we didn't kind of finish uh, the Detroit thing. Uh, like, real I, I don't, or I don't, not I don't real know. Start I, from I, the Flames. Or, or, sorry, Reimer ain't getting it done. We know that. That second goal. Yeah, in with, oh my it, it, but I'd be mad at my beer league goalie. There, they looked really fast. fast. Detroit, yes. What was the line that you really like, Larkin, Raymond, DeBrinket, and Larkin? And they're just jumping off the page. They seem like they have chemistry. The goal—they're near the tops in like possession as a line. The goal that 
Larkin scores off the pass yes. from cross ice, tape to tape, short side, bar down by Larkin is filthy. And they're just flying. Yeah. They're fast. They're young. But they're... go watch Vladar there, what? okay? As he's trying to go post to post, he's already down on two knees. Okay, I'm no goalie expert. And he's huge. But it's just stupid to take yourself and chop yourself in half yeah. and give up everything upstairs. Yeah. Reverse H, I don't know what, what the hell they... VH. VH. Yeah. So we're going back Why? To, we're going back to crap on the flames here. Let's stick on the Red Wings. Do you think they're good? You believe this? Because I do. I don't. I do. I don't think... I'd like to clarify that good is... You know, they're substantially better than last year. They're yeah. going to be in the mix. They're a playoff team for me. Oh, I just don't think so. Here, Look at the bottom of the East, man. There's no, there's not you're many just really good teams. quick, eh? What's that, Sam? Yeah. yeah, that's what I do. Look baby. at the bottom of their lineup, though. Like you know, it's Jonathan Berrigan and Christian Fisher, and you know, I just, you know, they do have Justin Hall, which is a bit of a superpower uh, <laughs> as one of the greatest players so in the league. You like obviously, so you like the Islanders more than them. Ah, uh, can I? Oh God, dude, wow. you put me in a tough spot. You like the Habs? I do. Like I do the like the, the Islanders like, more than like them. Like the yes. Habs more than them? No, but I like the Islanders. Pittsburgh. Cider. Oh my God! He's a player. Pittsburgh more than them? Yeah, he is a mule. <laughs> he is a hockey player. He's a mule. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how good is Debrinket? Like eight? Come on, eight goals in six games. That Boy. guy can shoot the puck. Ottawa. But he didn't want to be in Ottawa. It's a bad trade. He made a bad trade. Okay. Here's here's my beef with the Ottawa Senators because Detroit goes in there. Yeah. He. Played a season there. Yeah. And then they welcome him back on the scoreboard. Did they really? Yes, they did. Did he openly not want to be there? No, no, no. That's a joke. He gave them the middle finger. That's how bad it was. And you, you, Ottawa, want to put him (laughs) and welcome him back. He just stuck it to you. Yeah. Why are you in 81 games? 81 games constitutes a welcome back to Ottawa. No way. Alex. We got to get Kenny Reed on this. Kenny Reed hates this. Come on, Ottawa. Put him on the board and boo him. More, exactly. When they did boo him, they put him up on the board. It said, Ottawa, welcome back. The organization gets to look classy, but gives the fans a chance to tee off. Maybe that's the I'll never forget the Johnny T one on the island. uh, For the Islanders, sorry, words. When they brought him back there and they put him up there and say, 10, welcome back. 11 years. I know, but the booze. This was 81 games and minus 40. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's, right? that's a bad look. I agree. Yeah, that's not great. No, not good. All right. Um, Boston Bruins, 5-0-0. Matt Poitras scores two. Big difference, eh? And poor Sammy. Yeah. Sammy, just Sammy hears team. that... Uh, uh, Patrice. Finally, he retires. Is retiring. Pavel Zaka's you, you unbelievable. Had, you, you, had a, you had a little bit of a party when you heard that, right? Oh, I was. This was the demise of the Boston Bruins. I ne- I'm trying to think. I said so much stuff. Oh, the no. Summer. You were to, like, they're done. Did I? It's over. I, just, I don't know. They lost their heart. I'll be honest. I thought you lose Bergeron and Krejci and Hall and Felino and all these players. You're going to be so much worse. But Cooper comes on our show and goes, they lose, you know, the 12 points. They're still a 112-point team or whatever. Yeah. Like, this team is, they were so good last year. And then you look at the decords, Grizzlick, McAvoy, Lindholm, Carlo, Shattenkirk, you know, Great. whoever. And then Allmark won the Vezina last year. Great. Great. I'm They're, thrilled. I'm thrilled. <laughs> this is just awesome. 
Could they just stink? But Tampa, Tampa finds stink? a way to lose to the Leafs, so you're okay there. Yeah, I don't think Tampa's any good. I think they're fighting for the playoffs. Yeah. They're just, like, they were leaking defensively on Saturday night. Like, I just think they're going to give up too many goals without Vasilevsky. But, yeah, Boston, they just look a lot like Boston. Yeah. And Patris is not going anywhere. It's so funny that, you know, you look at the NHL going into the season and who the best teams you thought they were going to be. Edmonton struggling, but Boston 5 0 and 0. You know, Colorado is 5 0 and 0. Vegas is 6 0 and 0. Vegas, 25 goals for 11 against, 6 and 0. House on fire. Yeah, they're dangerous. Bedard scores in his home debut against them, though. That was nice. That was a rip, too. Yeah, it was a nice Bedard-esque goal. So that's that's what you want more of. Not more expected goals. You want actual goals, and he scores the first goal in his home opener. It's nice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But we're we're all stats now. We will find anything to, <laughs> anything to hang on to, yeah. right? Yeah, I know. It's all about the, the what was the stat that I heard? Um, and it, I think it was a Sportsnet stat, too. They said that uh, on the weekend, Cole Caulfield, Caulfield mm-hmm. Montreal Canadiens. OT winner? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now he's like uh, the most in history. What, the most overtime. O- OT winners as a Canadian or something? I don't know. But like, like when did they introduce three on three? Oh. <laughs> and, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, that's. So Mark, Mark, like, where does history have anything to do with this? Well, remember they uh, gave Mark Giordano golden shin, pad, shin pads, I think, yeah. for the most blocked shots in yeah. NHL history? They started recording them in like 2010. So and Cole Caulfield in 127 career games. Kevin he's, Hatcher he's and the, Craig Ludwig. He's the like, fastest player in Canadians history to score five career OT goals. Okay. Good stat. That's fine. What's your history? It's long. It's a, they have a long history. Six year yeah. history. <laughs> when did they introduce three on three? I don't. I don't know. When two thousand seven, eight, nine, ten. Two thousand fifteen. What? I don't know. When did they introduce Buddy, three I, on three? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't, hey Siri. When Send did they? Hey Siri. <laughs> you know. Oh boy. You're, you're a producer first, and then a celebrity second. Oh, 2015. Uh, what am I googling? Three on three. Three on three. Yeah. On three. You're a stat guy. Yeah. But that it's it, for, the point I'm yeah. making is that it's not history. Okay, I have and I totally agree. It's not same with Jordano leading the NHL all time in shot blocks. Yeah, okay, tell that to Kevin Hatcher and Craig, <laughs> Craig Ludwig, you know, and those type of guys. And who's counting? Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. Kevin, my, often you ask questions that I think you know the answer to. Just to put my feet. Was it 2015? 2015. You knew. Somebody mentioned it to me, but, <laughs> but if they were wrong, then I would have blamed them. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, then yeah, I would have yeah. blamed them. But I, I also did want to bring this up. Uh, is there a better overtime hockey player in the NHL than mm. William Nylander? No. No. I think he is the best overtime hockey player in the NHL. He's really good. Okay. Not to change the subject because you're you getting really You don't want to have really that loved. subject? Can, can we get rid of the three-on-three? Three? Oh, I mean. It's so not hockey. we put you in a home? It's so not <laughs> hockey. It's not hockey. It's so not hockey. What about extending it More and killing the shoe? It is. More you know what it three. is? It's, it's basketball on ice. People love basketball. It's okay. a very popular sport. I, I, to watch big loops and then come out of the zone yeah. and face off. Willie passed it to his keeper. Yeah. Send, send a player out there to win the face off so you can have the puck for three minutes and yeah. do all your circles and yeah. wait and wait and wait. It's the best. The I coaches have figured out a way to take out the really fun aspect of like the odd man rushes. Rush, it doesn't rush, happen. Rush. Like when it first started, 
It was oh, unbelievable. Yeah. It was breakaway, breakaway, breakaway. It was unbelievable. Now it's just a possession game. They've really figured out how to coach. Which has it has nothing substantially yeah. worse. Oh, no Although question. that overtime was wonderful. And when yeah. you, and for two months, you're trying to win a Stanley Cup. You'll never see a three-on-three. Three. Yeah, that's fine. But, like, shootouts... In, you know, people made and missed playoffs and lost jobs based on one point last year, you know, and the shootout is, what is that? I mean, if you want to kill something, do you just want to end in a tie? Well, what was it, a week ago we were talking about Kuznetsov's... Uh, Criminal shootout attempt? Shootout attempt. Yeah. I and like we're the like, shootout. Uh, it, I, mean, I like watching all this yeah, stuff, I'll, like I'll be honest. It, it, people are saying he, he, it's too gimmicky. It's like, the whole thing's a gimmick. The whole You're telling me it's a gimmick? Kuznetsov is a gimmick. The whole shootout's a gimmick. Kipper wants six on six and then a tie. That's what he wants. <laughs> Let's get all and the guys in the ice. I'm not saying, I have, I'm not saying I have the answer. But <laughs> More I, players. <laughs> you're, 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 lo- you're losing a playoff Hold position on, you, to a gimmick. Your point is fine. Do you like watching overtime? Listen, do I slow down for an accident on the highway? Yeah, yeah I like to rubberneck. Yeah, okay. I'll take a peek. <laughs> <laughs> but Willie and OT, him and Tavares. How about Shifley's winner Saturday night? I mean, he is making good on that contract so far. Yeah. I How just, about Dreisaitl? Like, that's your guy. Yeah. Like, you know. he, and he said so as much after the game. He was like, yeah, I got to be the, better there. The collection of talent the least put on the ice for three-on-three three every time is breathtaking. I know you don't like that word, but it's pretty fun. Breathtaking. Yeah. Takes your breath away. That's it. Sammy ends our show with breathtaking. It is. It's breathtaking. All right, just like that, real Kipper and Bourne, over. <laughs> Any last thoughts? You guys done? I like watching overtime. Our thanks to Craig McTavish. How many games on tap? Two tonight? One. One. Buffalo, Montreal. And then 3, tomorrow, tomorrow. Tune in to real Kipper and Bourne tomorrow. We'll get you ready for 16 games. Woo. Stay safe, everybody.